who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Everybody and welcome to this special spoiler review for episode seven of Andor. Here from the Geek Buddies. Oh, hey, hey! hey! It's early. Ooh, uh, got oh, a smokers fair. cough down there. McClung with the smokers <laughs> cough. Mm, the buddies, oh my boys, follow them size fives. Jan has been up for a while now, fretting over the loss of another prime minister in Britain. So I understand why his voice is a little gravelly. But yeah, we're, we're going to get into this. His old, his old Scottish roots coming back out. Uh, we're going to get into uh, this whole episode here, episode seven, uh, the announcement. A lot happened, even though there was not one blaster fired, I don't think, uh, and one action sec- sequence at all. There was a lot that went on here in the aftermath of the Aldani uh escapade mission robbery announcement event whatever you want to call it it was just a robbery john it was just it was just a robbery i don't know deidre thinks it was an announcement all right <laughs> so we're gonna get into all of it here and let's introduce ourselves first i am the outlaw john roca writer producer and host here on the geek buddies and the outlaw nation i am michael vocal i'm vogel vocal 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 i'm vocal i'm vocal michael vogel and i am a writer and producer of animated tv shows and movies and this is shannon mcclung i'm an animation writer and a television actor and uh you know in the morning my voice sounds kind of horse-like but vogel can't put together his own last name so that's what it's like when he wakes up there's the counter there's the counter wow Uh, (laughs) okay we're starting (laughs) off 
No, no shots fired in Andor, but shots, shots already fired on Geek Buddies, I see. So Two blaster shots for sure. <laughs> and, oh, uh, a little me. pew, pew, pew from McClung. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Uh, <laughs> that's an old blaster. And, uh, and uh, big, big thanks, of course, to CarbonHealth.com, who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies. Go to CarbonHealth.com. Get checked out today. Tell them the Geek Buddies sent you more than anything else. Tag them in uh, you know, social media posts when you show up. Take a video of yourself there at carbon health tag us and we will retweet it for sure on our official account or my account whatever just to retweet us or just tweet at us and let us know you were there carbonhealth.com go check it out today they got virtual care uh, in-person care uh anything you might need uh, and also you can download the app and have a doc in your pocket for any of those healthcare questions concerns or needs on the go all right uh let's jump in this episode seven let's make it quick overall thoughts here mike before we get into the storylines of this uh, episode I loved this episode. Mm. I know that there was no blasters. I know that there was no giant action set piece. I know, but like, this is, uh, it's a really interesting episode. You know, like they've said, we were, we thought they were going to do like a three episode arc, a three episode arc, a three yeah, episode yeah. arc, a three episode arc. And they've come out and said that two, three episode arcs, seven kind of stands alone, another three episode arc, and then the two part kind of finale. And I think this episode really is a turning point. Like seeing the aftermath of what happened on Aldani, um, on Coruscant, at the ISB, on Ferrix, on that Scarif beach party planet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like all of, like, you know, just seeing how everybody responded to this, uh, to me, is like tried and true Star Wars. Like yeah. this was, it's it's for all that this has been a different kind of Star Wars and they're showing us a different part of the Star Wars universe, the rebels doing this and everybody responding the way they're responding is to me like classic star wars and i loved it yeah, yeah good point yeah i saw that from a few people uh, in some of the writings that this feels like star wars i'm like yeah you don't get to this point without those six episodes so show yeah, them yeah. show some respect on those six episodes not you specifically but some other people who've been bashing I was like dude I, I liked them don't attack yeah, me yeah, yeah. it's early i already get no, attacked I- by mcclung down there i'm good no, no. I know you like them, brother. We've been on here. Uh, Shannon McClung, your thoughts overall on this episode seven, the announcement. Or announcement. Yeah, despite a, a lack of blaster fire, a lack of action, I thought this was a fantastic episode. I mean, I love I mean, I love Star Wars politics when it's when it's done like this i mean i think you, you know we think back to episode one and that was sort of like that was a critique of the films that the politics weren't that interesting whereas this is fascinating and maybe it is because one you have you have tony gilroy and his staff's writing yeah which the writing was just crisp so many great one-liners in this but then you also have the the sort of the the fallout of something like the aldani the aldani robbery mm-hmm. um everything was just for me, firing on all cylinders because we spent some time with these characters. We know where everyone is coming from. Um, we're just invested in their stories. I mean, yeah. and I love the ISB. Like that is, it is yeah. just, it's it's like Aaron Sorkin in space. I mean, I really, <laughs> it, really enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, they did have a couple of hallway conversations as they were walking, so that's a fair point there. The old walk and talk. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I loved this episode as well. I loved every episode of Yandor. Really, I've never been, I haven't been disappointed by one. There's nothing has felt like filler. Everything has been connected. The stakes have been slow. It's like a, it's like a boiling pot of water. It's you just waiting. It's slowly simmering and it's going to be, it's going to blow up in those last two episodes. And I can't wait to see it. So this is fantastic. I've just been enjoying it. The political intrigue, the writing here, the interpersonal relationships, the development of these story arcs for these characters, how we're seeing now our allegiances challenged a little bit by some of the actions here in this episode as well and the confusing part of liking these empire characters even though we don't want to root for the empire Deidre, I think Deidre, man. yeah Deidre, really a fascinating thing to experience for sure and shout out to denise goff who's doing a great job with Deidre Miro. all right start, i do want to say this really quick just really yeah. quickly before we okay. jump in the other thing i just want to say as an overall is that what's really interesting is most of this yeah. show is built around cassian andor thinking he can't make a difference right like he doesn't make it like like there's no way to like he wants to live out his life just doing what he can do getting what he can get because there's no possible way you can go up against the empire so having an episode where literally the entire galaxy is responding to something that cassian andor did and he's still going no 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 it's just a robbery like this is dumb like you guys are all being crazy like the fact that he did this thing that had such massive repercussions Uh, and watching him slowly wrap his head around that, I think, is going to be part of what's really, really fun. I know Laura's not here to talk about it, but yeah. this is why this is where when you take a main character and make him the reluctant hero who has to be dragged along for the first part of a series, and you're kind of like, ah, oh, I really want him to, you know, be jumping in and ready to join the rebellion. But this is the satisfying part, right? Like seeing someone who didn't want to do it but falls into this thing, then does something and goes, oh shit. This this really did something like that's good. It's going to be so awesome in the back half of the series. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into that Cassian storyline. We start out with him going to see Marva sneaking back into Ferrix or on Ferrix and uh, uh, going back to see Marva. And, uh, you know, she's happy to see him, but she's also like scared for him and not sure what's going on. Um, he says, hey, I've got enough money. Let's go. Let's get off this planet. Me, you and B2 Emo. We can go wherever we want to go now. It's like a, a a proud son coming back to his mom when he's been poor and saying, look, I've found some money. We can get away from this place. We can finally find a better life. Let's go. And she's hesitant. You're wondering why she's hesitant. What's this all about? Because certainly it seems like she's been able to move him around from place to place. And it's not something new for them. Then he, she says she's kind of tired. He says, okay, I realize that. Let's her go to sleep. Goes to see Bix. And this is a fantastic conversation where Bix is still suffering what happened to Tim, still suffering what happened to her, what happened on the planet, tells him that a lot of people who are left on the planet uh, and in the city blame him for what happened because he killed those two corpos and brought the heat down on them. Yes, Cyril, if Cyril doesn't go after him, this doesn't happen. But if he doesn't kill those corpos, this doesn't happen. So an interesting uh, smashing of uh, 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 points of views on a situation and a back and forth. Clearly, you can tell there's a lot of affection between them. But in the end, she tells him he's got to go. He leaves his mo- he leaves the money there to pay off his debts. Takes off um, there and then uh, uh, goes back to see Marva. And Marva doesn't want to go. Mar- Marva is not ready to go. And ironically, it's because of the Aldani situation that he was involved in. She feels the call to fight finally once and for all. And she says, "Before I get too old, I want to make a stand." And I think this is the beginning of the rebellion. This is the beginning of people fighting back. This is the the moment that gets us all motivated to go after. The Empire and he and she, I mean, it's a heartbreaking scene between them talking about love, talking about how he's not going to find peace without her. I, I got teared up. I teared up for sure watching this scene. And then he goes and we cut to him being on this Ibiza planet, uh, which is really <laughs> interesting in my opinion. Um, Niamos is the name of the planet. 
He is with a, a, a woman there. He is, he's using his uh, Keefe uh, uh, identity there. He's pulling some credits out. He's going to take off and buy Pezos and, Pezos and Revnog, which I imagine is some kind of candy and some kind of drink. Uh, on his way to the store, we see these shore troopers attacking or chasing after these guys who are running away from them. And um, uh, Andor just happens to be walking towards the store, looking around. One of the shore troopers stops him, questions him. Uh, a KZ unit grabs him by the neck and puts him up on the K2. Sorry, K2 picks him up and puts him up on K2. No, it's a KX series. KX series security droid. K2SO is a KX security droid. Right, right. It's early. Fair enough. But he puts him up there, starts to choke him. And then we cut to him going in front of the court and he's charged with all these things that he didn't do now he did do the aldani thing but he didn't do the things he's being charged with and he's sent uh to prison for six years and that's because the new empire had passed these laws after the aldani situation or the empire passed these new laws after the aldani mm-hmm. situation so in a way he did get punished for all of this and we're gonna see what happens mike a lot they put uh, uh, andor through and he wasn't even really the main character of this episode But there was a lot here they put him through emotionally and then being sent to prison for six years. And, of course, the ramifications of what that means in our real world lives, seeing someone falsely convicted simply because they happen to be around an area and look like someone they were going after. Yeah, I mean, look, this is this is all for 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 poor Cassian. This is this episode is all cause and effect, Mm -hmm. like coming back to Ferex and having to face the hey, the Empire has made this place their home and has come in hard. Right. Uh, and it's really because of what you did. Like this is this is on you, and this sucks. Uh, and you know, and he's not wrong when he's like, "Well, look, if if Tim hadn't done this, if this hadn't happened, but the inciting incident in the first five minutes of this series is sort of what kicks all of this off." Yeah. And you have to you have to own up to that, um, and that sucks. And like, and we get those flashbacks. We kind of finally see what happened to Clem. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes and, oh my god and yes. which is kind of just heartbreaking again and it's complete yeah. clem wasn't really standing up to the empire he was trying to avoid people getting in trouble with the empire and then got caught in the crosshairs which is exactly what happens to cast well not exactly cassian's just wrong place wrong time but a similar thing where the empire doesn't care if you're guilty or not if you right. even if you even look suspicious uh you're going down and that's what happened to clem and that's what happens to him um, him and Marva, first of all, B2 Emo is mm. the sweetest mm. little puppy dog of a droid in all of Star Wars. Yeah. He has no attitude. All he is is an adoring little droid who just loves Cassian, and that's all he does, and he breaks my heart every time. He's like, hey, Cassian's home. I'm so happy. I'm like, oh, buddy. Buddy, it's not <laughs> ending good for anybody in this. Um, Marva's really interesting. I mean, her speech, when she finally does reveal to him where she's at, and she's like, have you heard about this Haldani thing? Like, like people are standing up. And he's like, it was just a robbery. People died. Like, this is not a big deal. And this is, this is the crux of what makes Star Wars work, that, like, rebellions are built on hope. It's what Jan Erso said, that, like, there's no hope in this galaxy. There's no hope. The Empire has come into Ferrix. They are marching. Everyone has given up. And this tiny little spark of Aldani, like them sticking it to the Empire in this way, uh, shows that the Empire can, like, be attacked. And Marvel's like, I I don't care if you're laughing. I don't care if I I know I'm old. I know it probably won't make a difference. And I don't care. 
I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to stand up. And it's to your point, John, it's such a heartbreaking scene because Cassian just wants to take care of her and go Mm -hmm. away and hide out. And she's not willing to hide out anymore. Um, She's ready to stand up. Like it is so amazing to me. He even calls her Ma. And I don't know if that's short for Marva or Mom. It's a great like double meaning on that. Yeah. And so, and just that whole, I know that you can't stay here, but I can't go. Like, we love each other, but we are on different paths now. Um, Heartbreaking. And also what this does, I mean, Cassian has no options. Coming back out of this thing, like, he, you can't go home again. Home, the Empire has made it their home. You can't go with the girl that you kind of liked because she's like, you got to get out of here and I'm done. And then even Marva's like, I'm going to go fight. I'm going to go fight in this rebellion and you got to go. Like, he has no options, which is why he goes to, you know, Ibiza. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, to your point, like, just doing literally nothing and those stormtroopers come in and it would be too on the nose if it wasn't 100% realistic to what actually happens to people every single day in 2022. So it, you know, it, the, the parallels are very clear and obvious, but they are also apt and correct. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then getting punished. It is funny because you're like, Hey man, that's not fair. He didn't do any of that stuff. He didn't disturb the peace. He didn't do any of this. I mean, yes, he did rob 80, and like, yeah, 80 million yeah, like, <laughs> so sure maybe you indirectly caught the right guy um but yeah so it's you know they're they're doing this really interesting thing where they are just squeezing him into a corner where he has literally zero options um so it's going to be interesting to see at what point he finally realizes that a going with the rebellion might be his only option mm. and b when does he become a true believer because like those are the two pieces right. like there's one i'm going to do this because i kind of have to I can't go anywhere else. I can't do anything else. And then the other piece of this is when do I read Nemec's book? When do I see that I actually did make a difference? Um, and then also just as a fun, uh, you know, Easter egg, like that KX unit came up, those security droids came up and I was like, oh, it's K2SO. And I was like, mm, this one's not K2SO. Not yet. We're not there yet. But I got there. Seeing Cassian Andor with a KX security droid got me very, very excited for whenever that does happen. Yeah. Um, and also made me very sad because I do think that K2SO's death is maybe the most sad death for me in Rogue One. And I get very upset about it every time I think of it. That's a fair <laughs> point. That's absolutely a fair point. Yeah, and you can't ignore the comparisons here. I mean, Clem being a black man trying to stop these people from attacking essentially the police force, the police force turning around, seeing him standing in the street. And the look on his face when he looks back at Cassian and Cassian's look at him, too. There's just such we can't do anything. We're both helpless in this situation. And then we see him hanging from the square uh, or his feet there as he's hung from the square. That is I mean, if you're looking at historical allusions to that here in this country, hanging black men to intimidate a populace to not go against the police force that is in control of certain areas. That's in our history, ladies and gentlemen. So and, and the idea of, again, Andor being falsely accused of these things and going because he happened to look like the people there's just it's just very deft how they're doing it it works on the surface but if you can if if you're looking for the analysis it's all there for you to enjoy shannon what do you think about how what they did here with uh, cassian and what they put him through emotionally and then eventually of course physically throwing his butt in jail for six years i mean you you, you really hit the nail on the head john when he was just like this is this is a proud son coming back like guess what mom i yes. scored i yeah. did it i'm gonna be able to take care of us i'm gonna get us out of here um it was just so so heartbreaking i love the fact that marva doesn't seem to have a bed or if she has a bed she doesn't use it she sits in that chair yeah, yeah, with yeah. her cane and her blaster 
And if somebody comes up to the door, she's up, you know, pull it, you know, leveling that blaster with whoever's trying to come through the door. Um, totally agree about B, B2 emo. Um, I imagine it's from the wear and tear of this droid has been used for so long and has probably been banged around a little bit. But the fact that the droid has developed a stutter, which <laughs> makes <laughs> makes the character all that more endearing. Like like yeah. B2 emo, as I was watching it this episode, B2 emo, I'm like, you really remind me of Billy Bibbit from One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. I mean, that, that, that is what I get from B2 emo. <laughs> um, love the exchange between Cassian and Bix. The whole thing is just yeah. like, you know, Bix is just kind of like, look, this is this is on you. This this is happening because of what you did. And he's just like, wait a minute, your psycho boyfriend tried to get me killed. And this is on me. And it's like, that wouldn't have happened had you not killed those two porpos. Yeah. Like you and, and, and you can tell, even though Bix is saying, get out of here, like she still does. Did she ever loved him? Probably not. I, You know, you know, she she cares about she she loves Cassian. But due to the circumstances of their world, like they, they can't be together. And now it's 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 permanently in, in the rearview mirror. Um, you know, <laughs> Cassian going to it was funny how you guys are calling it Abitha. Yeah. Um, when they get to Niamos, I'm like, oh, this is the opening of Miami Vice in, <laughs> in, in Star Wars. When you see those alien birds flying, what was really funny because. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, he, he's out. He's like, all right, this is all I got. You know, I, I've got, you know, however many credits I'm going to go and I'm going to go and have a good time right now. Um, as he's walking by, you know, by the beach, I mean, everything that worked about this is some of the, you know, it, <laughs> I hope I don't, I don't get dinged here um, for the things that didn't work in Last Jedi with, with the with the casino plan. I'm like, everything yeah. that's working about this resort planet 100%. is what is what did not work about the casino planet. Mm. It's like this just I don't know what it is, if it, if it's that they shot on location or what, but but everyone here feels real to mm. me. Um what, what, one part I thought was really really funny is when the shore trooper stops him and he's just like, you know, you know you're sweating he's like it's hot in a couple of those scenes i'm like it ain't hot they're on the coast they're getting those cold coastal winds in in the uk right now there is no like there was one one poor alien who in the background appeared to be shirtless and i'm like if that is an actual dude like that dude is cold because you can see the cloth on his trunks kind of blowing i'm like that that was that was probably a very very tough day for those for those background performers i mean the difference i mean there's a there's like to me there's a very clear and obvious difference between canto bite and what is it nemios nemos 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 the because i do i did notice that i mean i don't don't know if anybody we haven't talked about this but like andor's been a little bit light on aliens yes like it's been very grounded very serious and ferrex like there's been a few i mean there's a few aliens running around on ferrex but like but like you know you but like it's not overwhelming and in this episode both in the dinner party that mon mothma was at and in um on the planet there definitely did they kind of went more okay let's give them some of the star wars creatures but on canto bite there's sort of this extended sequence where it's just the only way to refer to it is like alien silliness Mm -hmm. like oh look Mm -hmm. at this guy doing his doing the dice and this lady being like like there's a lot of like silliness and these aliens were just chilling yeah like it was there's a casualness to them um, that was just very relaxed and that made them feel more real because you weren't shining a spotlight. And I do feel, and as we all know, I love Last Jedi, but I do feel like in Canto Bite, Ryan Johnson's kind of maybe 
shines a spotlight on the aliens in a way that is like, okay, man, calm down a little bit. We don't we don't need all that. You could have just had them there. My favorite was the, <laughs> my favorite was the alien was like. Yeah, yeah, the, the, first, the, first, the first shot, <laughs> having, having, having the, the drink with the umbrella. There are three, there are three, I had to go back and look at it, you can't, I didn't get a good look, there are three I, old lady aliens sitting on a park bench, and like, well, they have like little hats on, and like, I don't know, guys, like, I'm like, I think they're female, but I'm like, those are just three old ladies, just straight chilling, being like, well, the empire is a piece of shit, but at least that's we got the... to feed these pigeons. Like, I was like, all right. That's the alien golden girls. That's what they're... All right. uh, we'll be right back to jump into the Mon Mothma stuff that Michael just touched on right after this. Do, 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 do. Hey. Uh, all right, let's get into the Mon Mothma here. This also wraps in Luthen uh, uh, Real and his situation. Oh. Huh? Just Luthen in general. Just Luthen's oh yeah, awesome. right. Yes, okay. So we got the Luthen listening on his ham radio about the about the Aldani situation. That 80, min, 80, 80 million credits were taken. Soldiers have been fired. Over hundred residents have been arrested. Mon Mothma comes to visit him, and clearly she did not know that he was putting this in motion and he did this behind her back. In essence, she is completely uh, frustrated and angry about the situation. Uh, he quizzes he quizzes her about a meeting. He is so flippant about this meeting and her anger about it. He says, this network is up. Either get, stay on the right or get the hell off. I don't want to hear about it. And she's saying, Palpatine's not going to hesitate. This is bad. And he goes, I want it to be bad. I want people to suffer. I turned on Luthen in that moment. The second you're flipping about collateral damage from your high perch, Fuck you. So I was really mad about this whole situation that he seemed unbothered by the cost of war. It's real cool to say it's real cool to say cost of war when you're sitting back watching other people die for your cause. Uh, he tells her if she can't deal with this, then she needs to surrender or walk away. And he says we can't hide forever. Uh, and that's a part of this whole situation uh, for sure. And then we see. Um, uh, oh, see, but then we see Mon Mothma is at a dinner at her place and she meets up with Tay Coma. Ben Miles, for those of you who watch Coupling, the British version, he is playing a senator from Chandrala. Yeah, he says he can't imagine living there on Coruscant. Then we see her husband and her daughter watching this back and forth with Tay Coma. Her daughter comes in saying, uh, you know, I, I need to ask your permission to leave. And she's like, yeah, you can go. Uh, that's fine. And then her and Tay, uh, Mon Mothma and Tay, have this conversation about it. She wants to take him into his confidence. And this is who we suspect that she wanted to bring into this network that uh, uh, Luthen mentions in the earlier scene, this family friend to access your money um this is what she's pitching him i want you he, he initially resists says my politics have gotten harder since we've uh, hung out so i don't know if you want to bring me into your confidence she's like well here and then lays out this groundwork in this fantastic scene talking about this mon mothma that you know and that the galaxy knows that's not the real mon mothma that is all a front that i've been putting on because i've learned from palpatine to trick people to worry about what's in one hand when in fact the more devastating thing is in your other hand and that's how i'm playing this whole thing so i'm going to make you chairman of this charity and you're going to come to Coruscant a few times and we're going to put this thing in motion uh and then we see luth uh, clea who is of course luthan's assistant on this going to meet vel vel is there they have this conversation and clea kind of taking cues from luthan telling uh, uh vel that she needs to wrap up a loose end and that's cassian andor I am now turned on both of these people. Screw them. Let them get shot in blaster fire. I am so frustrated by this. And Vel is not happy about this. She asks about Cinta. Clea shuts her down. Clea flippantly says, yeah, we'll do tributes to the people who died. It's no big deal. This is the rebellion. This is what happens. And they and that's it. And, and Vel is left with the ramifications that she's going to have to go 
Cassian Andor. So really interesting stuff going on and how they've turned this around, the political intrigue of this, Shannon. I really liked a lot of what we got here, but especially that scene with Mon Mothma and Tacoma. Yeah, uh, with uh, Mon Mothma just getting to Luthen's at the beginning, like, you know, you, he, he, he's listening to the news. Um, as soon as that door shuts, when Mon Mothma arrives, like, he's like, all right, let's smile. Like, they're doing all these gestures, yeah. but they're having this conversation. So, so great. I mean, just really, really great. And you get the sense that Mon Mothma is on Team Rebellion, but she wasn't ready to do this yet. Did like, you sense not- Game of Thrones, uh, House of Dragon, similar? Like, Alice sure. in one way, Otto wanted to do the other. It seemed like an, uh, a really interesting sure. comparison this week, yeah. Yeah, like, like again, I think Mon Mothma, like, like, you do not understand what you have set in motion. Like, every, like the, the law that eventually put Cassie and Andor in prison for six months is a result of this. And she's like, you did not think this all the way through. And he's like, yeah, but we, we can't wait anymore. Like the network is built. We got to go. As Mon Mothma is flying away and Luthen is in his sort of, you know, bougie, bougie costume, essentially. Like he's got the wig, he's got the collar. You see his face drop. Mm Mm-hmm where he's still in that like it truly looks like a costume at that point um really really awesome the whole scene between clea and vel like for a second i think you were the one that said it john that i wonder if vel is somehow related to luthan like is this his daughter and i really got that sense like the moment that i saw her dressed up where she uh, the appearance is she looks good but you also can tell like this is this is not what she would prefer to be doing like right. she would she would prefer to have her combat boots on and be out be out in the trenches um i really did think that i'm like yep that's that's his daughter um and that's the i think that's the uh the, the conflict they're going to have is she's still very much about the people whereas yeah, luthan is looking at them as you said yeah. as collateral damage like the whole thing about suffering like yeah. he's like yeah that's the point because I th- that's I think gonna make people to, stand up. I think I underscore your point here, Shannon. She keeps asking why he didn't come with her. Yep. So yeah, that's a kind of great point you're making there for sure. And then the whole dinner scene. I mean, Mon mm-hmm. Mothma, you see what a skilled politician she actually is. Yeah. Like the whole idea that, you know, as long as I'm in irritation, they're not gonna pay attention to this. Genevieve O'Reilly um did such a great job delivering sort of these very harsh revelations but doing it with a smile like keeping up appearances so so like that that whole scene was great and like this this idea that you have these two lifelong friends who are trying to kind of feel each other out in a very public setting because honestly this is the safest place they could do it ironically yeah because they can't have that conversation. I mean, even Clea said, like, receiving messages and sending messages, that's really risky. So the best place to do this is in public where everybody can see. Just, ah, just so fantastic. Yeah, and also, um, I got the feeling, uh, and we'll go to you, Mike, next on this. I got the feeling that parent, they, she's not in a loveless marriage. She's chosen to be in this marriage, whereas we were feeling sympathy for her a couple of episodes ago. It seems like this is all part of the veneer now that she wants to convey this idea so that no one thinks differently about her. What do you think about how this whole thing I mean, went down when Mon Mothma in this? In I this don't episode? know about that. I feel like maybe at some point she married Perrin and was like, maybe this guy's great. And then as, as she has become more fed up with the empire and her husband is like, the Coruscant's a party. Like she's like, oh my God, fuck this guy so bad. Really. Uh, well, it was an arranged know, marriage. So I'm just saying that could have been maybe on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I feel a little, you know, I haven't turned on Luthen and Clea, Clea what? because I think, well, because like they're not like what's great about this show is like this re- rebellions are messy business. Like they're not wrong about any of this. Like you can't just there's no way to rebel against a galactic empire and not have repercussions. You can, like it would be lovely if you could and say, "Hey, let's go, let's go kick him in the shins a little bit, but do it in a way where nobody gets hurt and then we'll win." Like he's not wrong. Like you can't do that. And I think what's great about this show is it's actually showing the ramifications of the empire. Like yes. the, fighting the empire is not a few uh, a few X-wings blow up and that's really sad and we feel bad for them and one Ewok dies but other than that isn't this fun like the rebellion is messy business and so you know I think like both it's going to be interesting to see where Luthen goes with this because I do think the biggest thing that Luthen did wrong is not anything that he says about this is the reality of the rebellion is that he did it completely on his own they've mm-hmm. built this yes. network and as he says the network's been built. What did you think we were going to use it for? And that great line where he's like, nobody's ever built a weapon and didn't use it. Yeah. So he's not wrong about that, but Mon Mothma is going down a road where she's building a rebel alliance. And when we get to Rogue One, we see what that alliance is. It's a bunch of people arguing about what the fuck to do. And they're not going to do it unless unless you're uh, unless you're Admiral Raditz and you're a badass and you go off to fight no matter what because he's my hero in Rogue One. But so like you're you're going down this road of them building an alliance and Mon Mothma is amazing because she's the one that holds it all together. Yeah, Luthen isn't wrong, and clearly the Aldani um, escapade, the Aldani tragedy, the Aldani robbery, whatever you want to call it had the intended effect like it woke everybody up we've like marva's over here being like ready to fight the rebels the empire is like oh this is way worse than we thought it was like he's gotten the reaction um and he's not wrong clea as well look cassian's my boy do i want them to kill cassian no i don't but luthan went and picked up this mercenary who he thought might be a good guy to join the rebellion the dude did the thing and then made off with the money and said don't come find me and he knows what luthan looks like and he knows that there's this giant uh interconnected rebellion that's a loose end like he's a loose end who we are on his side and he's the main hero of our show but she's also not incorrect in what she's doing so I think it's like the, watching how they are acting and they're being really careful because this is scary business. Like going up against the empire is impossible. So they're being careful and that I agree with. They are kind of going rogue in making their own decisions on what to do with this network while Mon Mothma is putting herself out here. And that's where I think they're messing up. Um, as far as Mon Mothma and that whole scene, you guys nailed it. Like it was those two having that conversation at that party while like she just keeps reminding him to smile was thrilling like i've never seen two people talk about politics and um starting a charity where i was on the edge of my seat but like (laughs) here we are here here we are um i am nervous like even though he said you know and i think it's like it's going to be really telling over the next few episodes what happens because he kind of says to her right off the bat, he's like, hey, if it's political, let's not talk about this because you're here on Coruscant and these are your people. And just given what the Emperor's been, what Palpatine's been doing, like, I'm, I'm a little bit more extreme than you might remember. And then she, like, flips that on him real quick and is basically like, yeah, this is all a front and I basically want to take the Empire down. Like, she hasn't fully said it yet, but setting up this money for what it's going to do, uh, 
like the more that he finds out about what's really going on is going to be a real test of how far his politics really have swayed. Is he going to go on board with this whole like, okay, like I love what you're doing or as much as he thinks he's against the empire, does he reach a point where he turns on her and turns and I mean, he obviously doesn't turn her in because we know when she, if you watch star Wars rebels, you know, when she gets on Palpatine shit list, but does he almost turn on her? Like, is this a bad idea? Like it's going to be really interesting. And again, just letting anybody into this secret, this show does such a good job of making you really feel how absolutely dangerous it is. So I thought it was all great. It's really interesting. Like I know we're pressed for time, but I think it's really interesting that you took like Tay might betray Mon Mothma. Like he might get to a point. I actually see it as the reverse that he's going to be find out. And her only course of uh, action is to turn on him. Oh, like, wow. oh my oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Shit, I hadn't thought that, that is where that. my head went. Oh, that, that's a that's crazy. uh that's even worse. And yeah. that would be me. Yeah. But I mean I think that that that's what's like the visceral feeling of the impossibility of going up against the Empire and these few people that are starting to do it again because by the time we get to Star Wars uh A New Hope, the Empire the Rebel the Rebellion is this like organized thing that has been fighting the empire and like there's good guys and bad guys and they both have ships and they both have plans and they both have whatever this is skulking around in the shadows with everybody trying to find out what you're doing and just barely by the skin of your teeth being able to have these conversations it is crazy and i and i wonder if and i know this meeting was already set up but i wonder if now uh mon mothma takes does this meeting and uses it to usurp um the authority that luthan thinks he might have in this situation now that luthan has taken these measures this is her way of maybe countering him uh down the road which i think would be really interesting to see if, well, if that how that relationship kind of plays out too and you could be going. right john in that i know we're, i know we're pressed for time we went to get yeah. their stuff but you could be right in that like as much as this is a story about cassian andor becoming a true believer which we know, like, by the time he get, we get to Rogue One, like, he's like, I'll kill for the Rebellion. Like, he's right. definitely, a re- he's rebel scum in there. So watching him go from, this doesn't matter, I just want to be on my own, to who he becomes is great. But this is also, how does Mon Mothma become the yeah. lead? Like, she is the face of the Rebel Alliance. Like, she, when, when, when we get past Return of the Jedi, she's the face of the New Republic. Like, she is the one. And it's because... She has this balance. Like Luthen, maybe he is a little too aggressive. Maybe he is a little bit yeah. too much Saw Gerrera. Maybe he is a little bit too much. Look, I'm go- I'm going to go and do this because nobody else will, and I'm just going to do it without any without asking anybody because I want to. Right. And that's not that might be a great way to kick things off. Like he definitely stirred up a hornet's nest, but that's not necessarily the way to bring others to your side where they feel safe enough to say. I'm going to fight next to you. So I think like watching what her journey is with all this is going to be really, really interesting. Both are necessary, but one has to take the lead and that will be mm-hmm. the conse- consequences or ramifications of that decision. That's one is what's going to reverberate. Also, her name is Mon Mothma. What's a moth? It's before it becomes a butterfly, right? So she's going to be coming out at some point. All right, let's take a break real quick. And we'll be right back right after this. 
Do, 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 do. No, it's a little bit late. I can't give you. It that. was a little bit late. I was, I, I was taking in your 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 incredible uh, uh, metaphor. Gracias. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's slam these two storylines together because I know we're, we're pressed for time. It's unfortunately, you know, we all we all work, so we're pressed for time here. But yeah, let's talk the Deidre Miro, Cyril Karn storyline. Start with Deidre. This whole situation with because I think they're going to be connected as we go along. Deidre is, uh, you know, she's sitting in this room with uh, the Commander Yalaren. Telling everybody who's in charge of the sectors, Clyburn, Clyburn, huh? No, 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 Clyburn is no. That's talking. that's part of Gaz. That's oh, shit. Gaz. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Lauren is, is there, and he is telling uh, everybody who's in charge of their sectors what's going to be required. I think he's this guy's above part of Gaz, and he's telling them all the new changes, the new laws. Essentially, the Patriot Act uh, turned to a thousand or turned to a million is what they're going to be doing here. There's going to be different charges. They're going to they're going to tax the people even harder for anyone who is uh, taking part in this partisan activity. The military, uh, they will have access to all aspects of the military now going forward. Uh, there's going to be something called the PORD, the Public Order Resentencing Directive, which is what ends up uh, costing uh, Cassian Andor six years of his life if he stays in prison that long. Then we see Deidre saying that this is the wrong... Can we cut to her with her assistant there talking to him and telling him that she thinks this is the wrong idea, uh, way to go about it, that they're playing into the rebels' hands. They're essentially turning themselves into the villains and they're the victims, they're the martyrs, and that's not the best way we need to be going about this. And then later we see her uh, coming in and talking to uh, this guy, Felzonis, to ask him because she wants a record of all the missing avionics, comms, navigation, and targeting equipment going back two years from all the star systems, wants him to keep it confidential. And then later at another meeting with the ISB where Partagas is hearing what's going on and dressing down some of the guys in charge of these sectors, uh, Blevin steps forward and says that Deidre has gone behind everybody's back and gotten these this information that she asked for. So clearly that young guy who said he wasn't going to turn on her turned on her and told Blevin and everybody about this situation. Blevin thinks he's got the upper hand here but Partagas turns the tables and sides with Deidre and says, I wish a lot of you all took the same initiative that Deidre does and we, and then removes Morlana one from under Blevin and gives it to Deidre and asks her to walk with her as they leave the meeting. And she's, and he says to her, watch your back uh, with uh, Cyril. We start out with him and his mom uh, clearly dressing Fucking him down. Mom. <laughs> his mom, telling him about his clothes is needing attention. We see him getting interviewed in this, essentially metropolis version or the uh, empire's version of metropolis everyone's in a <laughs> nameless faceless cubicle doing their thing he's put in charge of fuel counting or some shit and at the end we see as everything is is happening to uh, andor the camera cuts to him and he's sitting in this um cubicle and it slowly pans out and he looks up at the camera showing you yeah He's the guy who does want attention. He does want to stand out. He doesn't want to be part of the crowd. And I imagine Cyril will find his way under Deidre's employ as this series goes along over the next few episodes. So, Mike, back to you. These two storylines, talk about them. What do you think? Well, Cyril just really, I mean, you know, there wasn't a ton with Cyril. We're just yeah, kind of seeing where he's going. But holy shit, his mom. I've never seen someone make such a big fucking deal out of a collar in my life. Like, she <laughs> is the worst. He looked perfectly fine. And he was so funny. She was like, she was like, do you know what's wrong with that suit? And he was like, I am sure that you are going to tell me. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot with you, old lady. I hate you so much. Like, it, it is just, she is so delightfully awful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just really curious to see. I, I, I agree with you. I think he's sort of going to kind of, it's all going to wrap around back to Deidre. And I'm really curious to see where his story goes. He's getting closer. Um, he's getting because closer. he sort of has been, 
and, and clearly they have they have they, they keep coming back to him enough that you know they have a plan but just with Deidre and the ISB and everything else like it really does feel like he's been sidelined a bit but that's part of his story. I mean, I think yeah. he feels like he's been sidelined as well. So seeing how that all is going to kind of shake out is interesting. To your point and what we've been talking about, and they're doing such a good job. I know Deidre's the bad guy, but I'll be goddamned if I wasn't cheering when she got the one up on Blevin. Like, I loved that scene so much because yeah. Blevin just thought he had her. He was like, I just need to bring this up because she is doing this and it's really bad. And she, and he was like, and you told her this. And she was like, that is actually not what he said. He said this. And he's like, do you have proof? She's like, I now do have proof. And this is what's going on. And this is what the rebels are doing. And this is what's happening. And I wouldn't have been able to find that out if I hadn't done this. And then like, it was just the greatest turn when Blevins still thought he's like, well, what if everybody acted like her? And Clyburn was like, well, that would be a lot better, wouldn't it? That that would be nice. I w- I wish you all had that kind of uh, that that kind of uh, work ethic because this is what we want. I was like, this is just. I am thrilled and I am on Team Deidre until Cassian shoots her in the face. Like I am like I love everything about her. Like I'm like this is great. So and it's gonna be really interesting to see. And we've seen it in the trailer. Just like I think it's the one of the only things that's been in the trailers that we haven't seen yet is that Deidre does end up on Ferrix. Yeah, she does. And we see her there. And when she gets to Ferrix and starts sniffing out what's going on, and this is where John, I think Clea, Clea's point is well made, both for Cyril and for Deidre, she's going to Ferrix. Cassian is the link yeah. to Luthen, to the rebellion, to yeah. e- to Aldani, to everything that happened. And so like he is a loose end. Yeah. Like that like if if they got rid of him, if they uh if Vel did go just kill Cassian, Deidre would ultimately reach a dead end. We know they're yeah. not going to do that, but like Deidre's way smarter than everybody else and she is going to be all over this and just tra- track those breadcrumbs right to Cassian and I kind of feel like that's where a lot of this is headed this season is ultimately we know Cassian doesn't die and he sides with the rebellion but watching how close things get is going to be really interesting yeah I agree and, and that's the the real you 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 haven't turned me around on Luthen, but you've given me things to chew on for sure I still think he's an asshole who used a person to just like a good producer said all bullshit to them to get them to do the job. And then afterwards, toss them aside. Uh, I've seen that happen way too many times, but yeah, that kind of thing you're seeing here in this situation as well. She, he, he needed uh, um, Cassian to do the job. They got the job done. Now let's get rid of him. And you're right. If once she gets down there, she's going to start rousting people. She's definitely going to have to Marva. She's going to, and that may be how, Cyril gets back into this and Cyril was the guy and remember the guy when he's being interviewed goes through all the events that happened in Morlana one so clearly there's a record of Cyril's participation in all of this and I wonder if that's how Deidre reaches out and pulls him out of that cubicle and gets him on her team to be a part of what's going down in Ferrix to root this whole thing out. I, I think that's very, I mean, like, she seems thorough enough yeah. that she's like, if I'm going to go deal with this, I think she would absolutely be the type of person that would go find Cyril and be like, why don't you run me through what happened here? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I've read the report, but you tell me what happened. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe she, like, pulls him out and she's like, you're coming with Like, well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I don't think it was an accident that they had that run through. Shannon, what do you think about the, the, these two storylines, how they played out in this episode? Uh, so I, I just think the juxtap- juxtaposition between Cassian's mom and Cyril's mom is just so oh, yeah. interesting. How yeah. Cyril's mom is just 
just be just go along with everybody else just go along with like why did you raise your collar that says i want attention whereas marva is so loving saying i know you can't stay here but this is what i like it's just it's just so interesting how the the juxtaposition of the, their two characters that extends out to their mothers um there was one thing because i love the i love the scene between cyril and his mom there was one thing this is the first for me ding on the series when he's watching the news report yes and how it looked like something we would see in our world i'm like oh this should have been some sort of hollow tech like why is it why does it look like the the man on the street like that was the one thing i did not like like that (laughs) That did take me out of it for a second. I know You'll that's see a little behind thing. me, Aldani and the garrison. I think mean, uh, that's what, what it was. You know, it, it's funny. That's I didn't. What it was. I don't think I even consciously thought that, but now that you're saying it, when I did see it, you're. I. I did. I think I subconsciously had a similar reaction as I'm now. As you're saying it now, that's interesting. I We're mean, here that with a was a couple of uh, Aldani residents. What did you think about the, <laughs> yeah, the next thing? Yeah. And thinking, oh God, thinking about the Aldani residents, think about all those, all those, uh, you know, shepherds that went to go see the eye. How they're all in imperial custody now. Like oh, yeah. we just wanted to watch the lights. We just wanted to have, you know, have our party. And like now we're now we're suddenly arrested. Um, the whole thing with Cyril and the guy interviewing him in the, you know, the cubicle field, oh. and how he's going through the jobs. It reminded me office space when he's just like you know it might not be as exciting as you know you know fuel counting or whatever you could said i mean i i did not make the notes to, to find out what the departments were it's fuel counting yeah but then you see Cyril looking at this empty seat and being like, well, here's my future. And then oh. getting to the end where where he did kind of look up, like I was like, oh, that's that's I hadn't thought of it the way that you put it, John. But that was really interesting. Like him looking up. Yeah. Yes, he does want to be noticed. Let me throw one more thing. Shannon, you make a great point, maybe accidentally. Him looking at that chair is like because you don't Andrew make, being you don't make good points on purpose. <laughs> well, no, he does. But sometimes. <laughs> Because uh, him looking at that chair is his prison like Cassian was sent to prison. So there's this kind of thing in the same yeah. episode. They both are essentially sent to their versions of a prison. Yeah. Well, I mean, it all started when I talked about the juxtaposition of the mother. So I'll, exactly. take, the, exactly. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the W here. You should take the W. Absolutely. That's your point. Yeah. Um, going, going back to the ISB, watching that Colonel character, like – the the bristling mustache that he has like everything visually with the scene i'm like i just think works out so perfectly deidre just walking down a hallway is intimidating like she has this sourpuss look on her face that i feel like if like i think she's walking a very very she's walking a tightrope in terms of like uh, one one turn of the dial to the right, and this could veer into mustache twirly villain. But she's mm-hmm. playing this just right in the center. She's doing just enough yeah. to where she is so compelling as a character, but she's also she is also our bad guy. Like the the whole the whole thing that she has with the attendant going to the big scene with Partagaz. This had some of the best some of the best uh, just lines of dialogue going through when uh he's at uh, uh part of gas is asking the one guy like no is is this right and he says you're correct he's like i'm correct oh your approval is heartening the way he dresses 
people down. And then when it gets to Blevins and um, and Deidre, when he's like, hey, we need to talk about this. And he's like, Supervisor Miro, do you mind having your conduct ventilated in public? Great <laughs> like, lighting, man. That great is lighting. such a great way to talk yeah. about that line. And then when she kind of comes back, with her theory and there's sort of a you know quiet in the room and part of has it looks like thesis please i mean that's something i want that's a phrase i want to insert into my normal everyday dialogue <laughs> instead instead of being like oh tell me more i just want to go thesis please <laughs> and something else that i really love about the isb and this happened with the mon mothma scene as well is the references to palpatine like, yes. you know, this show is very separated from the Star Wars that we have been given before because tonally it's just very, very different. Um, talking about Palpatine like this, I mean, I think is really cool. Like knowing that he is sort of a cutthroat, yeah. the whole the, the line, you know, I show you the stone in my hand, you miss the knife and knife at your throat. Right. All of all of those lines of dialogue are so great. And because as an audience, we know who Palpatine is. We, we know what he is. Um, hearing yeah. him spoken about from the ISB, not with affection, but like, hey, I talked to Emperor Palpatine. This is what he thinks here. And then you hear it from Mon Mothma's side. It's like, Palpatine is going to come down hard. I mean, it's just so, so well done. Um, and yeah, and I cannot wait to see Deidre go back to Ferex because she's not just going to pull Cyril. She's going to pull the three of them. Yeah, probably the guy that was her, well. yeah. the boss. And also, you know, he's a part of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's <laughs> he, he's. He's coming back too, and I'm and I'm assuming he's going to be like an attendant at a fuel station because there's you know he he probably w- was fired as well. There's a fermenting, a fermenting. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah all of that absolutely, and, and and you know, and shout out to Denise Goff who's also making those pantaloons work. That is not easy, ladies. <laughs> those and gentlemen. are some pantaloons. <laughs> John and, and John can speak from experience because we worked an event together one time where he had to play a 1930s movie director with this giant, oh, you know, pre pre electronics <laughs> megaphone, and he had to wear those pants. Oh, John, you you, you made you made him work just as well as Denise Goff. Oh, please, please, <laughs> as if I didn't feel big enough having my legs stretch out for a few inches on each side. Didn't weird. they give you a cigar too? Yeah. Cigars, you know. It was great. A lot of fun that night for sure. Worth the money. It was a good night. Hang out with you and Kalinowski for sure. Uh, all right, final thoughts here because I know we got to wrap up. Michael, final thoughts on 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 where we're going next, or or what you think is going to happen over these next three episodes? Um, it's real. You know, I mean, it's kind of what we've been saying, but what this episode really just nailed the reason it feels like Star Wars is because we're seeing how the rebellion is effective. Yeah. We are seeing how this network that they put together, even though Luthen and Mon Mothma currently don't necessarily see eye to eye on how it all went down, that this network that was put together, that Deidre is now tracking, uh, actually does have the capability to cause damage. And seeing both people like Marva respond to that and say, oh, this could actually work, but also seeing the Empire crack down so hard because this could actually work. And we obviously know it works, but we know that this is a multi-year thing. So seeing this, you know, it's like we said last week that Aldani really had this feeling like this was like the first salvo in the rebellion. So seeing that reaction and now watching everybody sort of just spiral into what we know as the rebellion and the the rebel alliance and the empire is really, really thrilling. And kind of putting Cassie and Andor uh, in the center of all this 
is it's it's really you know I Cassian Andor is a great character in Rogue One, but all the characters in Rogue One are great characters who you're like this was a fun movie, but you're not necessarily a huge part of Star Wars because you were in one movie and then you die at the end. But putting Cassian Andor here yeah. at the very beginning of this and having him be one of the people that was on that first mission that really made a major difference in the rebellion. And then watching him go all the way to being there when they found the Death Star plans, like really solidifies him as such a major and important part of Star Wars. So it's great. I'm loving it. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, Shannon, final thoughts on this and where do you think we might be going here? Uh, you know, we know Deidre's going to Ferrix and she's probably going to Ferrix next episode. Yeah. Um, and I'll be curious, like when they talked about that, this the, the series was going to take place over five years. The moment the Cassian got sentenced to prison, I'm like, well, wouldn't that be a bitch? <laughs> Our lead disappears. Oh my god! Until he literally gets Ugh. out of prison, the uproar uh, would be insane. <laughs> I mean, but no, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really loving the show. Um, it, it has been a minute since I've bought an action figure, but I'm like, if there is a Miro action figure, a Deidre Miro action oh, figure, yeah. It, it it would probably be her B two B two uh, B two emo and uh, and Cassie and I'm looking at my I'm looking at the space on my desk right now trying to figure out if there's room for them. There's for my the pantaloons. Thank you, pantaloons. There's my Cassie and Funko, which is available out now. They've been out for a while, and they sent me one to just kind of promote it. So you guys should absolutely pick it up. I'd love a Deidre Miro Funko with the pantaloons. That would be awesome as well. I want the I want the black series. I want her. <laughs> oh, I want yeah. her looking scowling at me with judgment every time I have yeah. a script due that I'm behind on. <laughs> There's some good scowls in this uh, show for sure. Her and uh, Cyril when he gets upset. Y'all, first, uh, y'all can keep those. I want. I want the black series Luthen in his B. Arthur dress. That's what I want. <laughs> He's doing this. He's permanently posed like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take my mind off. I'll take my mind off. Yeah, I agree with both of you. This is a fantastic series so far. This episode was so good, written by uh, uh, is it oh Stephen Schiff, who has written a lot of episodes of The Americans. So it makes sense that he mm-hmm. knew how to do these interpersonal things and people having multiple sides to them and gray areas and all of this. So you're getting some great, great writers. Of course, Tony Gilroy uh, supervising whole thing. You're getting some great writers coming in and delivering some really next level Star Wars here, and it's it's so fun to appreciate this and see it from this point of view for sure and i'm sure the next three episodes are going to be even more fun to explore and have some fun and have some and discover some new things about star wars as well all right well thank you all so much for watching this spoiler review episode of uh, and or episode seven here on the geek buddies we appreciate it madly shannon what do we have to tell them yeah, like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media. On Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at NK Tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, well, the rebellion is heating up and the Empire doesn't like it. And there is a lot to talk about. So if you want to help track the beginnings of the Rebel Alliance here with us, here are some things that you can do. Smash that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content that he's got. Leave your comments below. What do you think about Andor so far? Where do you think things are going to go? What do you want to have happen? And how do you feel about pantaloons? Let us know below. <laughs> if you are listening to us on a podcast, uh, take a minute to leave some stars, leave some comments. It helps us go up in the ranking so more people can find us and as always the best thing that you can do is retweet this video post it to your socials send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies
Boom. Absolutely. Thank you all so much. And big, big shout out to CarbonHealth.com who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies. Head on over to CarbonHealth.com for any of your healthcare questions, concerns, or needs. Download the app to have a doc in your pocket as well. 100 plus locations all over the country, 80 plus locations in California alone. Go and see them today. All right. Take care of yourselves. Be well. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the Geek Buddies. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.